Hi, everyone. I just kind of wanted to set up this episode before we get to it. This is a little bit of a different uh, ECL flash forward. Uh, Me and DJ Bob are talking about the episode When Carl Met George, which has to do with a character, introducing a character who's on the autism spectrum. In the episode, it's called Asperger's Syndrome, or uh, that's no longer a relevant uh, definition. So in order to talk about this episode... the way that I felt that we should. Throughout the episode, you're going to hear from a couple of past ECL guests, and they're going to be reading out emails from listeners who contacted us and wanted to talk about how this episode tackles the theme of autism spectrum disorders. So you're going to hear the words of people who either have autism or are affected by autism in some way, and how this episode, in their opinion, uh, tackles the issue. I felt it best to try and highlight people uh, who are part of that audience because I know we have a lot of listeners who are on the autism spectrum and I wanted to make sure to do right by you and hopefully we do. Uh, if you have any feedback about this episode or about when Carl met George or anything that you hear, uh, please let me know. You can of course contact us by so, over social media or at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. I'd really like to hear from you if you have anything else to add. And I want to say thank you for listening. And I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope you like this episode. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Elwood City Limits. It's uh, Will Young here, and once again we find ourselves in a little bit of a special situation because it's a special presentation of ECL Flash Forward. I, I like that we've been doing this a bit more recently, kind of getting into some of the episodes that people have been asking about, wondering about, and hoping that we'd get to uh, sooner rather than later. Well, uh, your wish is granted, at least in this particular case. Today I wanted to speak on a well-remembered, I'd say, episode of the show that it will be, I think I looked it up, it's going to be like uh, at least a year or two before Lucas and I get to it. So uh, to kind of hurry along the process a little bit, uh, there's somebody who wants to speak about this particular Arthur episode and requested it especially, so I didn't want to keep him waiting too much longer. So uh, welcome back to the show, one of our favorite guests, it's DJ Bob. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm all good, Bob. How are you? Doing the best I can be throughout these crazy times, but we're good. Yeah, I hear you there, my man. So, Bob, I mean, I've been thinking about, every time I think about this episode that we're talking about today, I think about you, because this was one that you specifically requested. You wanted to be a part of this discussion, and I think it's high time that we have it. So, we're talking about today, we're flashing forward to Season 13, Episode 6, When Carl Met George, an episode that took place on April 5th, 2010. Now, I know you've got a lot to say about this episode. Episode, but what I'm most interested to ask you about first is, so what is it about this episode that you really wanted to talk about? What I really wanted to talk about in this episode was, because there are so many mixed views on this one. Okay. And I kind of want to discuss them one by one. Okay. Well, we, we will, How yeah. it should be handled, I think. Okay. Um, 
I'd, I've definitely seen, yeah, I'd say I'd, I've seen kind of the same, but I would be interested in kind of your point by point of that. And we're going to do that as we kind of go through this episode. So as we kind of talk about this, if you come across one of those points, uh, feel free to, uh, to get the conversation rolling on one of those. Okay, cool. So when Carl met George is often remembered by a lot of fans for a particular part of the episode, which we'll get into in a little bit. Mm, it's actually, yeah. it starts on, it starts off pretty fairly innocuously with with uh, this is a George episode by the way so immediately I was very happy and we don't get a lot of those. No, you're right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Like I'm kind of coveting them like I covet Binky episodes. I really like George and I think he brings a a fun perspective to the show. So George has made friends with somebody named Carl, who this is the episode that introduces Carl. Uh, immediately he's uh, very interested in trains, not a, not a big fan of the color brown either. And so this entire episode is talking about George making friends with Carl. This letter is from Josh and reads as follows. Deciding upon the best episode of any show is both a subjective and a tremendous task. But I think it's safe to say that When Carl Met George is pretty well done. What stands out to me is how kind this episode is in its tone. The topic of autism hasn't always been treated with compassion or respect, with many characters, either coded as such or confirming, feeling either a role of comic relief or being treated as a subject of pity in other pieces of fiction. But Carl is not presented as either of these things. Carl is simply presented as a potential friend, and by the end of the episode, he and George come to know each other as such. Sure, many Arthur episodes follow a similar trajectory, but for a topic that is often misunderstood, this is a major feat. Not only that, but due to the level of compassion demonstrated to all Arthur characters on a regular basis, Carl's episode neither feels like, nor is treated as, the very special episode, aka the episode typically used to teach such a lesson. Oftentimes when trying to avoid treating a topic too lightly, the narrative might shift too hard in the direction with a heavy-handed moral, but I think the team on Arthur understood that this would also be dehumanizing, and would have only served to further other Carl and the real-life people like him when, in reality, autistic folks need nothing more than to be understood as just that. People. My one point of contention is that Carl is just one character. When you meet an autistic person, you've met one autistic person. It's called a spectrum for a reason. So even though Carl's presentation rings true to some people, it won't for some others. Obviously, it's hard to ask one real-life person to represent all the others who are a part of the community. So why place that burden on one character? Autistic experiences are so underrepresented as it is. More inclusivity is always welcome to me. But overall, when Carl Med George really succeeds in its goal of inclusion with a story that humanizes autistic experiences. Though Carl is fictional, he represents real people. And it is so important to show autistic people as human, especially to children. Autistic children grow up to be autistic adults and the allistic, non-autistic children grow up to see the humanity in the autistic people around them. This is absolutely vital to a world where we can learn to work and play and get along with each other, as Arthur's opening theme so eloquently states. Josh. So, from the outset, um, 
we they are characterizing Carl in a certain way. And I mean, the reason that people know about this episode is because later on, uh, Carl's mother explains that he has Asperger syndrome, which I actually, in doing a bit of research for this episode, I found out that the term Asperger syndrome isn't actually used anymore. They replaced it in 2013. It's now under the umbrella diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, and it's no longer an official diagnosis. So, so yes, Carl is on the autism spectrum. Uh, uh, Excuse me. Carl is on the autism spectrum, and this is the show's attempt to introduce a character like that into the universe of Arthur. Yes, and there are several things just in that cold open that I kind of want to discuss. Sure. The first thing is people with autism have um, their, like, their hooks, their obsessions, their the things that they enjoy and that they kind of are scholarly about, for yes. lack of a better term. And uh, I think the way that they handled that, and I'm going to say this a lot, it's one type of viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And... I think that when people that have autism spectrum disorder see this, they automatically jump to the conclusion, well, that's not me. So I'm going to fight about it or I'm going to comment about it. And now, I was I was one. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Bob. I was just wondering, um, have you seen criticism of that type around this episode? Yes. Okay. By people that I know. Okay. I have friends on the spectrum, and whenever I bring it up, they're always like, oh, God. Like, okay, this one, like, it's got this kind of, like... Uh, St- stigma, maybe? Yes. Like, oh, God, this one, not this okay. one. The oh, so God factor. Like, and I hear that, and I'm like, well, it's going to connect with someone. So... Right. And we'll get more into that later, but... The, the specific interest thing is apparent from the get-go, and I really like that part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, was, there any, was there anything else in the cold open that, uh, that caught your eye specifically? I'm trying to remember. I just watched it, but, like... Yeah, it's mainly like just George exp- explaining when he met when he met Carl. Carl talks about trains for a while. He kind of gets on that tangent. I love the. Uh, he, I love how he's like, "All right, okay," but right. sometimes you just have to let them go on and then say, mm-hmm. "Move on to the next thing." But again, not that, everybody's yeah. like that. Right. I wanted to um, address that at some point. Maybe now's the best time. So it's funny, you uh, when you were kind of talking with me about it uh, off air in terms of the things you wanted to say, um, you kind of mentioned it, your talking points in reference to criticism that you'd seen. And I guess a lot of it has been from uh, friends of yours. And I kind of looked up some reviews online about the episode. It was mostly mostly positive that I saw, but the criticism that I did come across is the concern that about Carl. And one is that he's not a fully fleshed out character like the rest of the show, even though he does go on to reappear in the show. And some of his behaviors could... 
Yeah, I believe so. I looked it up on his, like, uh, the Arthur Wiki character profile. So he is seen in other episodes um, later on in the show. I, I, to, what, to what degree? I'm really not sure. This That's is my interesting. first time encountering. Sorry, what? That's interesting. I had no idea. I didn't know that he was in other episodes. I thought it was a one-and-done thing. Not quite. Again, I'm not sure what his role is after this, but... Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see about that one. Um, and the other criticism is that he is a his behaviors are a bit stereotypical of autistic people, or can be interpreted that way, which I think is kind of what you were touching on a little bit with maybe how your friends uh, or pe- the people you know uh, kind of interacted with the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, but like as I was, I was talking to you know them about it. I said, "Well, that's." In an episode like this, they only have, like, 11 minutes to kind of flesh out a story. Yeah. And Big time. You can't please everyone, especially in that case. So it's like, somebody's gonna appreciate it. And, of course, there are moments that are kind of wrong, but... We will get to those. Right. Um, it's, it's funny. This episode is actually a lot more upfront educational in terms of, like, there's not a whole lot of a story going on. There's a bit of, bit of like, comic relief. I'm using quotation marks with Wally. I didn't find it especially funny. I actually kind of find Wally the weakest part of George episodes. But, um, so, but it kind of informs how George interacts with him. So he George meets Carl just by chance in the school library and initially he kind of takes Carl's behavior where he's kind of the the way that the show interprets Carl is that he is saying things that are very obvious like you know you have you have a blue backpack or he'll go to reciting facts about trains or something and George is thinks that he's kind of he misinterprets Carl as like oh you're pulling my leg like he thinks he's kind of playing a joke on him because he's never encountered somebody uh, like Carl before. And when they meet up for the second time, we see Carl um, really respond negatively to Wally, and uh, which is kind of understandable because Wally can be a little, little uh, strange yeah. looking. So and I that don't exactly that's something that I wanted to go into. Okay, sure. Um, people on the autism spectrum, as I've seen, any new environment or new experience, it's a hit or miss basis. They either like it or they hate it. Right. But I feel like having that little meltdown could make it seem like everybody goes through that. Right. It's so. I mean, I should. I should say. I don't have. I'm not speaking from a place of authority with um, with autism or anything like that. I don't have. I I do have friends who are autistic, but um. I'm not knowledgeable about the subject at all. So whether or not this is common to the experience is not something that I am immediately aware of. And if it does happen, like it can, it can happen to that degree, but Mm -hmm. I'm not saying most oftentimes it doesn't because I don't know, but it's a case by case basis. Right. But that's also Uh, a thing where it's like, you don't go through it, but someone else might. So it might connect with them. 
My name is Melissa, and I'm a 25-year-old autistic woman. I was officially diagnosed in November 2019, though previous doctors had suggested me pursue a diagnosis in my early adulthood between the ages of 19 and 23. I have been a super fan of Arthur since I was very young. Arthur is one of my special interests, and I tend to hyper-focus on it. I watched When Carl Met George before receiving my diagnosis, but a little after it originally aired. For lack of a better word, the interesting thing about my first watching this episode was due to using it as a type of reference and comparison in regard to my two younger brothers. Both of my younger brothers are also on the autistic spectrum, though they were diagnosed while they were well under the age of five. I find this episode really well done, though we must note that the diagnosis of Asperger's is no longer used and instead the umbrella term ASD is, which can't be helped currently as it's a term of the times. In the episode Cold Open, Carl is seen info-dumping and using blunt language towards George, which I find very accurate and is considered a classic autistic trait. I do this quite frequently with topics that I have great interest in, and I've gotten in trouble with superiors, as in teachers, managers, people of authority, etc., for speaking bluntly at them, which can be considered rude and out of line for most neurotypical, non-autistic folk. Carl is then revealed to be an excellent artist with a keen eye for detail. The detail part is also considered classic, though it's not well known by most that autistic people can be excellent in creative talents like art, sculpture, filmmaking, writing, etc. My youngest brother, who's currently 11, is a ridiculously talented artist and was placed in an advanced after-school art class so that he could continue to hone his skills and develop himself in something that he finds great comfort in. In the main part of the episode, we officially see when George and Carl meet for the first time at the community center where George's dad teaches a woodshop class. When we first see Carl, we are welcomed to an adorable red-headed bunny wearing a blue shirt, glasses, shoes, and backpack. Later on in the episode, it is revealed by Carl that blue is his favorite color, which is also a classic trait that I can completely relate to. My favorite color is green and a lot of the things that I own. Even things I consider my favorite are green, such as Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls, Sailor Jupiter from Sailor Moon, and Steve from Blue's Clues, just to give a few examples. Carl explains to George of his routine of being at the community center twice a week, and that is also very common among autistic people. Having structure and set, unchanging things to do ahead of time relieves a ton of stress and anxiety of the unknown. My work schedule is from 6 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Whenever it changes to accommodate, let's say, a project that I need to be a part of, I physically become ill and distressed and usually have a hard time functioning enough to go through with the change in schedule, so I'm personally very happy to see Carl's mom set a routine for him and help him keep it. Carl becomes confused when George uses terms that aren't straightforward, such as hangout and pulling my leg. Language such as this can be extremely confusing to most autistic people, as the nuances and non-surface level meanings behind words can go right over our heads. I know I struggle with this, and it's one of the reasons why I don't like sarcasm, because of the reason of it not being the truth and difficult to understand. Most people that know me either explain things a bit further so that I can understand their words, or have stopped using that type of language around me entirely. Carl's mom states aloud about Carl talking to her about George, which is something I would do with my mom when I would meet someone interesting and wanted to talk to someone about them. I actually still do this, but to a much less extent. Carl recounts small details regarding meeting George, such as his day and what George had been doing. 
It's extremely common for autistic people to have extremely well-developed long-term memory and remember the smallest things from days, weeks, or even years ago. I have personally given some people the fright when I recount a conversation I had with them over a decade ago and am able to name the music playing in the background, the color of their shirt, and what they were saying and mimic the inflection they used when speaking. Also, a detail that I like that was included, Carl likes his apple juice on a box and not a bottle. Most autistic people have things called safe foods, foods and drinks that we know won't upset our senses and we can rely on to always be the same. Now for a big part of the episode. Carl has a meltdown. I'm intrigued that this was the catalyst for Carl's Asperger's diagnosis reveal, as I do agree that most wouldn't understand this behavior unless told what was behind it. Meltdowns can be brought on by a lot of things, such as sensory overload and overwhelmed feelings, like in Carl's case. Carl is seen stimming, which is self-stimulating behavior, to attempt to calm himself down. He positions his body as small as possible, rocks back and forth, places his hands on his head, and hums out an even beat sound to drown out any noise that might overwhelm him again. This is extremely common behavior during a meltdown, and due to it being shown on a children's show, definitely on the nonviolent side of an autistic meltdown. I have personally had many of these, and have also witnessed my little brothers and other autistic friends have them as well. Having a familiar person, such as Carl's mom, soothe during a meltdown is also highly recommended, as they can also assist if the meltdown becomes violent. I feel really bad for George during this part of the episode, since he very much blames himself for triggering the behavior, but I'm glad that he seeks knowledge on the subject instead of writing Carl off as someone he couldn't possibly become friends with. The Explorer sequence is amazing. Such easy and clear terms are used to explain a quite complicated topic to anyone that wants to understand it. The comparison of autistic people to aliens is one that I relate to so much. One thing that is constantly stated in the autistic community is that we're not from this planet, as it in no way was made for us, though we adapt to it accordingly. The subject of auditory processing disorder is briefly touched on during this segment, which is having issues with the brain processing and filtering sounds. I just really love the imagination scene. It's great. George wants to make a friendship with Carl work, which really speaks on his character. I will admit being friends with an autistic person does require a bit more work, but it's worth it in the end if I do say so myself. He's seen packing up things he knows will be of interest to Carl as a type of peace offering, which is a great way to supplement a friendship with an autistic person. I've made friends with people because we share very specific interests, and with that comes great conversation since it's hard to find others that enjoy those specific things that you do too. Speak quietly, be clear, and not to take it personally if ignored. These notes are an excellent way to showcase that adjusting yourself a little will indeed create harmony among autistic and non-autistic people. Overall, I really enjoy this episode as an introduction to ASD. It is easy to understand and identify with, as well as being entertaining and really heartfelt. There are a few points under ASD that are missed, but it's not too much to complain about since it got in as much information as it could within the time frame the writers had. I think that the friendship established between George and Carl is believable and quite strong for a children's show, and I could see it be expanded in later episodes. Though personally, I'm having a hard time adjusting to the new Flash animation style of Arthur, and it's taking me longer than I'd like to admit to watch the newer seasons, since the change is quite jarring. I wanted to kind of fast forward a little bit here, because it's after um, 
Carl responds negatively to Wally that George is really confused. He he talks to the brain about it, and the brain mentions that his uncle has Asperger syndrome or is on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And this is where we get into the description of living with on the autist on the autism scale, which is what I believe this episode is most remembered for. Like you see people bringing this up. There's a BuzzFeed article about this specific sequence here the fantasy, where the fantasy yes uh so essentially what it is it's uh a an illustrated it's a sequence where living with an autism disorder is described as living on an alien planet with unfamiliar customs so like george as this uh spaceman who lands on an alien planet where for example people speak too loud or it's easy to misunderstand figures of speech where people are speaking the same language as you but they're you they're using it in a way that doesn't make sense to you and also kind of touches on the having an intense interest in a subject yeah uh what how did the, how did this kind of strike you or what's what's your experience been with kind of this sequence here um okay they're right, but their approach was weird. Wasn't, okay. Wasn't bad, but it was just preachy. Like, the whole thing with Frankie talking, it just was like, okay, you're just highlighting everything now. So what, what, so what do you mean, what do you mean by that? I prefer with these things, with these type of episodes... When they're kind of, um, just there. But here, it's all out in the open, and it's just weird and kind of uncomfortable to watch. I know what they were going for, but it's just strange. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I think, at least when I, was, when I was watching it, I'm keeping in mind, um, part of me wishes that I, that I, that I had been of... A younger age to see this, I and I don't think it's you know a good thing to base your yeah, entire. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't knowledge. see it. Late. I didn't see it till later. Yeah, and this is one of the only times I've watched it all the way through. But I don't like. I don't think this is obviously something to base your entire knowledge of autism off of. But I think that it's an interest. It's an interesting start and kind of helps to maybe put it in perspective a little bit more for a child's point of view, which I think it can be hard sometimes to explain. Because I've, I've grown up with you know kids in school. I went to public school, so there's a lot of kids who had a lot of, and I went to public school as well during a time when some of the stuff was still undiagnosed, like and there certainly weren't the, well, (laughs) I'm just trying to be careful here because there were the type of programs to that were better suited for neuroatypical people, but. At the same time, there wasn't, I think, the degree of sympathy for them, or the degree of understanding, I think would be better said. So I kind of grew up with a lot of misinformation, and um, I feel like this would have at least helped me to kind of put what I the behaviors I'd see in other people who were on the autism spectrum in a bit of a better perspective. Um, was it the most informative? I don't think so. I think you kind of have a point there of, you know... Um, kind of laying it all out bare. But at the same time, I feel like I would prefer that... I, I think we're just now getting to the point where we can have characters in a cartoon or in, in fiction who are on the autism I mean, spectrum look, and we don't have to... Yeah, chemistry did it. So it's like... Yeah, 
that was something I encountered when I was kind of looking this up. I don't know anything about the um the character on the autism spectrum in Sesame Street. Yeah, the, um, that can another episode for another day. Okay. Um, uh, I I guess I'll have to look that up on my own. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me let me kind of explain my experience with the spectrum itself. Sure. He, I was in special ed all the all throughout school. If not, if not one, if not at least one of my classmates was on the spectrum. Okay. So that's what I knew, you know? It's like, you just know that they're, you're all, you're all different in mm -hmm. that class. And each person has their own needs, and you adapt to them. It's not that hard. Watching this episode and seeing it in the forefront is just interesting because it's just, it's just something that I knew. Right. I see. different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I guess, would you say from that perspective, this seems to be written for the perspective of someone watching it who is neurotypical, um, who is a bit more of a stranger to this sort of thing. Yeah. It's not, for, it's not meant for somebody like you who is used to that. Yeah, and I have to say, like, a lot of people on the autism spectrum are some of the most talented people you'll ever meet, and the most empathetic people, and the most kind people, and mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they're putting them in a bad light, but just to let people know, it's like... Like, if you're ever on the fence of meeting somebody or a little nervous at the first glance, you know, give them a check and let them, let them talk about their interest or what gets them excited. Because mm -hmm. when they get excited and when they get into something, you'll learn a lot about that topic and you'll want to know more. You have to almost, um get in inside what they're into. Not forcing yourself, it's just that they put it on you in such a way that you just can't help but be enthralled by it. Um, well, I think that, that is, that's a positive takeaway that I have from the episode, is that by the end, George is very enthused to become Carl's friend. And, and he, he adapts. Yeah, he comes to a better understanding, and you're right. I think that's a good word. He adapts, and I think he does so quite well. And it's actually quite inspiring, at least from my from my personal perspective, to have a television show that's just like, you know, these people like people who aren't like you. Speaking very very generally, you can you can still be friends with them, and you should be friends with them because they provide a completely different um, outlook on life than you do and they have so much to offer and they're also just really good friends so that's what i kind of took from it in the end yeah and what i'm what i'm thinking here is what i'm really glad that this episode didn't do props mm. to peter hirsch past guest of the dj bob show get that yeah. <laughs> they didn't use the whole 
you're an inspiration, like root for this character type of thing. Okay. Yes. I know. Yeah. All right. So didn't kind of make them the sole face of autism or autism spectrum disorder or what have you. It was just there. And I love that. Okay. I think I, I, I see what, I see what you're saying. And I, I, I would, I would like to think that maybe if they did this, I mean, this, this episode is, is 10 years old, which is, is, is both old and not that old. So I would, I would hope that maybe if they tackled this even five years ago, In Arthur or like, time extreme. Yeah. That's true. I, I, but my hope would be that they would maybe take a bit more, a couple more hints from the way you would like to see it if they did it a bit more recently. The first thing that struck me about this episode, going back, I know we already talked about it, but we can't talk about it enough. The breakdown, like the, the meltdown. Okay. Yeah. That, that was something that does happen. Yes. When you're overstimulated. Like, mm-hmm. even I have things like that where I'm, all, I'm over, I'm overly stressed and I just lose it. It's not because I'm on the spectrum. It's just part, I think, I, I, cerebral palsy is a brain disorder, a brain mm-hmm. injury, technically. So right. I have some attributes of that. You know what I'm saying? So I deal with that stuff. So that does happen. But they made it into like this... This, um... Drama scene. With George being like, I didn't know. And it's like... Just leave him be. Right. You kind of were able to recognize it. And uh, for for what it was. Like, leave him. <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, don't... I d- no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely do, and I think it was just, it, it, it must have been. It, I, I'm, I'm sensing that it must have been frustrating for you to watch that and know, ex- and know that for what it is, versus from George's perspective where it's just completely, uh, new to him. Because if you make, if somebody's having a meltdown, and you make it more of a problem, that's not helping them. No, no. But yeah, it it's def it's definitely the kind of thing where the yeah, it's just having never encountered Carl or anyone on the and spectrum I get before. That. I get that, but it's just like it's just um it's just it, it's weird. <laughs> well, and I imagine it's kinda of disappointing to see that from a show that you and I both love love so much and yeah, I, 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 I think I, I think I understand that you, you would have wanted them to, to, to do a little better, maybe. But I also understand it's one type of person. Yeah. So I'm not like over. I'm not boycotting the episode or anything. I myself have Asperger's syndrome, and although it isn't quite as severe as Carl's, this episode got a few things right and one thing wrong. To start with. We don't all speak in the sort of monotone voice that Carl has. In fact, most of us speak with normal inflections in our voices. I do think, however, that this episode did a really good job of demonstrating a lot of the social behaviors that people like me exhibit, such as talking about our interests and getting really excited about them. This is one characteristic that has led me to become a teacher, because I love sharing information with other people. Like Carl, 
I also used to prefer to be by myself when I was a kid, as I didn't like other kids cramping my style, as George accidentally did with Wally. That isn't to say I didn't have friends, we just usually weren't as close as most friends. As I grew older, I learned to be more open to other people and to have been able to fit in more among my peers. Also, like Carl, we all have things in life that fascinate us. Trains are fairly common fascinations, but sometimes they can be pretty unique. For instance, I have a friend who, since he was very little, was extremely interested in building vacuum cleaners. Now he is in high school, and one of his favorite hobbies is repairing, rebuilding, and testing vacuum cleaners. My interests have changed a lot as I've grown up. I think it's safe to say that most of us don't have one interest, but several, some of which are more prominent. This episode did a good job of showing that with Carl's knowledge of lions. Sincerely, Matthew Fredrickson. Um, Bob, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on about the episode? Because that's, I mean, that's, uh, we, we kind of talked about the wrap up there at the end where George says that he enjoys being friends with Carl and he, like you said, has kind of adapted to him and they're uh, both friends. And I guess apparently Carl shows up again in other episodes, yeah. but was there anything else that we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about? Well, Something that I really liked, and I don't know, I mean, I listen to the podcast a lot, but I don't know if it's referenced a lot, but I really liked the, and now a word for my kid segment. Okay. I thought that that was well done. Can you tell me about it? I, I actually didn't, um, I didn't watch that part. It was, um, this, this girl on the spectrum who... Took us through her day. Says that she goes to horseback riding for therapy. And it follows her through the school day. And showing her with her friends. And it was just really heartwarming. And just what it's really like for people on the spectrum. Man, I'm sorry I missed that. I just, I don't know if... uh... The video I sent you came with that one, so I'll have to go back and seek it out. That sounds like it's a really good addition to the whole thing. I I love it. I think it is a good little piece to this episode. Okay. Um, was it was there anything else you wanted to cover, or was that was that about there the long is, and short of it? There there are a few things, more general pieces about the episode, not specific. Sure. I can't. I can't express this enough. You shouldn't hate this episode. Okay. You really shouldn't. Because it's one point of view. You should be lucky that this topic is even being talked about when back when Arthur first premiered or started, that this was still being developed and people didn't know. So we're lucky we're at a time and a place where we can talk about these things. I Um, agree. You have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, the writer, Peter Hirsch, has written some of the the deepest episodes of the show. This being another one. Yeah, he's 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 a backbone of that show's writing team, for sure. I mean, he tackled death. One of his first episodes was the when Spanky died. 
Yeah, so he's been there since the very, very beginning. So I really appreciate um, the hand that he had in, in writing episodes with tough subjects. That's really not easy, especially um, to, towards, towards kids. You have to have a very certain approach. What I really hope that people get from this episode, especially the target audience, is that I hope one kid says, that's just like me. With all the people, with all the things that I've said, like, it's not this person, it's not that person, it is someone. And right. that someone saw this and resonated with it. So my point is, even if it's not you, be lucky that it's even being talked about because it's a really special piece of media. And I think and hope it will continue to be talked about in even greater detail in other shows just like this as time goes on. Well, Bob, I really thank you for your perspective. I think it was uh, I, th- I think it's important to get a lot of people's perspective on this, and I'm glad we're, yours was one of them because you're approaching this from a much different one than I am, and that's, I think, something that I really want to encourage. And I would also encourage that if you haven't watched the episode before listening to this one, the Arthur episode, I mean, uh, check it out and see see how you feel about it, whether you're on the spectrum or, or not. And uh, I would uh, be interested in feedback and, um, and uh, different ways of looking at it. I'm, I just want to say one quick thing. Um, sure. Thank you so much for including me time and time again. It really is a joy to sit down and discuss my favorite show on a platform that allows it. And I hope to come back soon. I'm sure you will, Bob. Hey, speaking of which, you you have been pretty busy lately uh, with your own projects. Where can people find you? Well, we are... We are starting to celebrate our 10th anniversary this year of my podcast, The DJ Bob Show. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but there are new episodes coming really soon. Um, you've got you've got a you've got a good you've got a good drip feed of content coming out. I, I see new episodes all the time, so uh, it's a good time to be a DJ Bob listener. Totally. And let me just say this, there are some content that will make, that will make you PBS fans very happy in the coming months, so mm. get excited, because I am, All right, I am. I can't wait to see can't wait to see this. All right. Well, DJ Bob, of course, is always a great listen, whether on his podcast or as a guest here. So, Bob, thanks again for uh, joining me for ECL Flash Forward. It's really great to be able to speak with you. Of course. Thanks. I want to send a special thanks to everyone who sent in their feedback for this episode. And thank you to our guest readers, Christine Lascody, Justin Varghese, and Andrew Power, friends of the show. And now, as we say goodbye here, my name's Will Young, and I'm going to leave a little space at the end here for a new friend that we've made. His name is Dan Sandberg, and he has a few thoughts on the episode, and he'll see us out. My name's Will Young. That's Elwood City Limits. Take it away, Dan. Hello, everyone. My name is Dan Sandberg. I'm a 28-year-old freelance audio recordist living in Western Massachusetts and have been a fan of the television show Arthur since its beginning. 
When I first learned about a new character being introduced to the series, Carl, who has a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome, a high-functioning disorder on the autism spectrum, I knew this would be something I would not want to miss. The writers of Arthur portrayed Asperger's in a very respectful but educational manner, especially the way the character Brain explains that people on the spectrum are gifted, their brains are wired differently, so they may be considered outsiders to the norm, but they are geniuses inside. Carl has his strong interests in trains, drawing, puzzles, and later in the series, as we will find, playing the accordion. I myself have had my strong interests, notably at age four when I made my first sound recording on a cassette. Now, it wasn't a Grammy-winning music production master, but the moment I first heard my voice played back, I knew this is something I would want to do with the rest of my life. And I continually would record myself, other people's voices, music, and sound effects. It is a well-known fact that people on the autism spectrum, including Asperger's, have a hard time fitting in with others. I was fortunate enough to be accepted into a really awesome performing arts high school. And when I found out they had a recording studio, I was ecstatic. Lunch times have always been really stressful because I'd have a hard time fitting in with my peers. One day I asked the music director if I could use lunch period to, to offer to record students' demos, voiceovers, college auditions, etc. I'd hang up flyers. The director said yes, as long as I kept an eye on everybody and did not allow any food or beverages to be consumed while in the studio. I had a lot of hands-on practice. After I graduated, I found work helping out in the recording studios at different music schools, community colleges, mostly schools. Did some freelance recording, house call style recording as I call it. I just finished up an audiobook last year. And finally, 2020, I became an editor for the DJ Bob Show. I really hope Carl, when he gets older, he follows his dreams and is very successful. Thank you.